cartoons, the animated frontier. These are the voyages of the Cellcast podcast. It's continuing mission to explore strange new cartoons, to seek out new animation styles and new creative storytelling methods, to boldly go where so few ever go again. To another episode of the Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who just recently got lost in a mall. Welcome, Jacob. Well, I got distracted in the, the electric wires department. Come on, man. Yeah, that's <laughs> or in my new case, sometimes the toy department. That's nothing new. <laughs> uh, why? Thank you. Let me introduce our co-host, a man who just desires a cup of tea. Earl Gray, hot. <laughs> Welcome, Drew. One of these days, I'll actually try Earl Grey tea. <laughs> and right now, I think it might be close to wanting to try it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just so y'all know, because uh, I haven't told, I, mean, I told the live stream this, but I am fighting congestion. That's why my voice sounds so lovely and sultry. <laughs> um, but anyway, and because this is a, uh, so yeah, I that's why I sound the way I do. And because this is the Thanksgiving week episode, mm-hmm. this is going to be a very light edit, folks. Yes. So I'm going to apologize up front for all the mistakes we're going to make that you're going to hear <laughs> because it's going to happen. It happens every week. Yes. So or I, got, I called it a light edit because I don't have much time to edit this week. Anyway, trivia time for this week is what type of comic is My Neighbors the Amadas based on? Do you know the answer, Jacob? What comic? What kind of type of comic? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, the answer is a uh, it is a newspaper comic strip, technically. That's right. But it's a Japanese newspaper comic strip, which yeah. they call a four coma. And uh, for some reason, uh, sorry, here you go. Josh Adams is the only one who answered this week. And he said, yeah, it's a Yon Coma manga, which is close enough. Okay. I'll give you five points that you didn't get it quite right. But he, actually, that's actually fairly close. Yeah, 10 points. 10 points. Good job, Josh. So congratulations, Josh. I think you're now at 30 points. Yay. Somebody else is going to have to be, uh, answer these things. <laughs> but anyway, I'll, I'll give you a uh, trivia question for our next episode at the end of this episode. And we'll post it in Facebook as soon as this episode gets done recording. So keep an eye out for that. Anyway, mm-hmm. how are you doing, Jacob? Man, I'm doing very good. Uh, it's been a very interesting week uh, with the run-up to Thanksgiving. Uh, Always is. Yeah, definitely working in a grocery store. Uh, it gets hectic really easy and really fast. And uh, But, praise the Lord, I got entered on Saturday. Woo-hoo! Finally! Um, only so, took me three years of badgering him to get it. That is true, but I had my reasons. Light badgering, light badgering, badger, 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 badger. Mushroom, mushroom. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> but I have internet, so now I've been watching more things on like streaming services and what have you. And um, but our yeah, doing pretty good. 
just busy and getting revved up, revved up for Thanksgiving. And I hope you guys are also as well. And yeah, that's, I'm doing great. Minus our friend over here who sounds kind of like a frog. <laughs> ribbit, ribbit, croak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not long after we recorded last week's episode, like literally the next night, I felt like I coughed up a hairball. Almost not quite a lung, but definitely a hairball. Okay, Garfield. And my voice has been affected since then. Uh, I am fighting some congestion. So, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> right. I'm really hoping it clears up before the Christmas show, not a week from this Sunday. Yeah. That'd be real nice. That would. Although, at least if right now, it does feel like we're, it's, it's healing. Yeah. So, we'll see how it goes. It's in progress of recovery. Oh, yeah. As long as I don't agitate it. Exactly. Anyway. Uh, but other than that, I had one other nice thing happen to me since last episode. Really? I got extremely lucky on a Walmart sale. Yeah. Of a particular item hmm. that has been on sale for about a year, but because of the chip shortages and mm-hmm. everything else related to, you know, the horrible economy we're, we're in right now and mm. the, what do you call it? The supply chain issues yeah. caused by COVID-19. Mm. Thanks, COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I got a PlayStation 5. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I played a little bit on the stream last night. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very happy that I got that. So, yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. Other than that, it's just been a kind of a normal week. Minus getting over a cold. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I wouldn't go so far as to call it a cold. Mm. I've had colds. Yeah. This is just bad congestion. Ah, been there. And the only really weird part about this one versus anything else I've ever had Mm -hmm. is that it's clogged my uh, eustachian tubes. Okay. It's put pressure back there. Yeah. And so now everything sounds flat. Oh, okay. Literally, you know that high-pitched beep that my truck does when I turn it on? Yeah. It sounds sounds like a note lower than it's supposed to normally does to me. Beep. Well, not that low. I mean, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, that sounds different. Plus, I did a good fact, good uh, imitation of my dad because I couldn't hear something on a certain frequency the other day. And I literally thought, why are all these people mumbling? Holy crap, I sound like my father. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm. Other than that, it's mm. been a great week. <laughs> Really, I have nothing to complain about right. other than I just wish be be glad when this is gone. Amen to that. Like with like so many other things related mm. to COVID. Yes. But thankfully it's not COVID. Thankfully. So, otherwise we would not be recording right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So Jacob, what have you been watching now that you have internet? Happy dance. Happy dance. <laughs> All right, so what am I watching? Uh, I've been watching a few documentaries from uh, National Geographic about history, and I love history. So, uh, since they are on Disney Plus, that is true. So I've been watching that. Uh, also, I was 
catching up on Marvel's What If. Those are good. Yes. Those are very good. Definitely Doctor Strange's first episode is, oh my gosh. Have you finished What If yet? Not yet. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. my mouth shut. Mm. So speaking of Marvel, I started rewatching a classic... Uh, classic animated series I watched when I was a kid on Fox Kids. Would it be the same one I started talking about rewatching yes, you, last yeah. week? Exactly. I haven't had a chance to get back to it, but yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a product of the eighties, eighties, nineties, early nineties, early nineties, and um, referred to as X Men: The Animated Series, which yep. apparently Marvel is coming out with uh, X Men ninety seven, which is supposed to pick up. Where X Men '92 left off. Yeah, so it'll come out in 2023, I believe. Yes, that's my understanding. Yes, so I, our, yeah, didn't we watch some of the Drews? All right, Chases. No, I thought we did. Not when I was there. Oh, uh, okay. Well, never mind. I'm not saying you didn't while I wasn't there. But... Right. And you weren't there when I was talking to Chase about it, and we just went and watched the opening sequence again. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm. But either way, yeah, that's all I've been watching. What about you, Drew? Well, I've been behind on Star Trek for about a year now. <laughs> uh, what happened was, is last Halloween... Uh, two separate sci-fi shows came out and I only had time to watch one of them. Mm. So I had to pick between Star Trek Discovery Season 3 or The Mandalorian Season 2. Mm. Hard guess, choice. Guess what I picked? Mandalorian Season 2. two. Because at the time... It was the one I was most worried about getting spoiled. And considering I know how it ends, I think I made the right choice. Okay. But slowly over the past year, I've been watching through Discovery Season 3, and I finally finished it last week. Yeah. This is where the show should have started. Mm. Okay. Instead of where they did. Now, that being said, I can't say start at Season 3, mm. because Season 3 just... Describes nothing of any of the things that see that uh it, it just it doesn't tell you what's going what half the things are that if you had watched season one and two you'd know what they are yeah so I can't tell you to go back and watch not watch if you want to watch Discovery not to watch season one and two but season three is a lot better okay and uh, while I know season four has started I haven't started it yet myself. But I did watch another Star Trek show. Oh, okay. Really? Yes. Lower Decks? I finished Lower Decks. Ah. What was it then? But you are correct in its style of anima- of uh, that it's, li- that it's uh, animated. Ah, okay. Did you know there is now a third animated Star Trek TV series? I heard about this. And technically it's a Nickelodeon show. Okay. Called Star Trek Prodigy. Prodigy, that's what it was. Yeah. So far, there's only... Well, technically, there's five episodes out, but they edited episodes one and two together to to be uh, an hour long. Yeah. 
But uh, it's a very interesting show. I mean, it's obviously made for kids. Yeah. But it's made in the way that, say, Star Wars, The Clone Wars was made for kids. Yeah. It's still fairly uh, accurate to what it is, what it's supposed to be. Okay. I'll put it that way. Now, but here's the thing. I say that and you're going to turn it on and you're going, this is go- This looks nothing like what I know of Star Trek <laughs> because it really doesn't start that way. It starts off with hey, our main, our main protagonist as of episode five, we still have no idea what race he is. Really? Yeah. He doesn't know his parents. He's never seen his parents. Mm. That we know of, he doesn't know what race he comes from. Um, other things we don't even know where in the timeline this is yet. Yeah. Other than it has to be after um, Star Trek Voyager. Okay. Because a hologram version of Captain Janeway from that show is present on the ship. Okay. Interesting. And we know it's taking place in the Delta Quadrant, which is where Voyager took place. Hmm which is like 70,000 light years from Federation space. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. And it's about these uh, prisoners who happen to find this uh, Federation, the Starfleet ship crash landed in a mine. Hmm. And they decide instead of turning it in to take it for themselves and escape. And of course they're being chased by the, their master, their their old masters now. Hmm. It's actually very interesting because they're actually having to learn how to use the ship the way a Starfleet crew would have to do it because otherwise Janeway won't let them do stuff because they're technically lying and saying they're cadets so they can keep using the ship. Okay. So the computer doesn't lock them out. Hmm. <laughs> it's funny. Um, and but here's the other thing. <coughs> I have a feeling Janeway hologram Janeway knows that they're not Probably. Starfleet cadets. Probably. She's gave them an out so that uh because she knows it's the right thing to do, I guess. Yeah. If the hologram is really based on the original Janeway. But like I said, we have no idea how far in the future this is. This could be 25th century this could be 26th century Mm -hmm. this could be happening at the same time as star trek lower decks for all we know Mm. actually no i can't say that because there is no way (laughs) what happens to the protostar which is the ship they steal what the whole secret about the protostar happens if this is not sometime after everything but discovery season three okay it's just the way it's going to have to work. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So I did forget one thing, uh, as you probably guys know earlier this year, I was raving, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) hairballs, um, coughing in concert tonight. Exactly. So, uh, I've, uh, masters universe revelation part two just dropped on Netflix and I've started watching it. Uh, really good so far. Haven't watched all of it. So if you've watched all of part two yet currently, please do not spoil it in the comments anywhere, please. Thank you very much. Um, if any other show, please don't, don't, uh, don't spoil it for other people. 
Just, you know, let people have their natural reactions to shows. Yeah. So either way, I'm watching that. So continue. I mean, the only other thing I have is the games I've been playing, which was Astro's Playroom, which is the uh, built-in game that came with the PS5, which kind of just shows off all the features of the PS5, but the way they handled it Mm -hmm. was about 10 kinds of awesome. Cool. You actually go through the, uh, uh, first you go, well, first I went through the memory systems and it kept showing me all these cool, it it was kind of a platformer, like a 3D Mario game. Yeah. But you keep collecting these artifacts and each of these artifacts, there's some, on the memory one was all, uh, PlayStation one stuff. Okay. And then as you're, as you're going through, you can see the little, other little robots that are, you know, peppered out amongst the, the level. They're acting out scenes from different games. Hmm. At one point, I came across Cloud's Buster Sword that was just sitting in the middle of the path. Interesting. And then not long after that, I saw a, a mushroom-headed zombie robot attacking... Two robots that kind of look like the main characters from The Last of Us. Huh. Which was kind of funny. Interesting. And it ended with a boss battle against the original PlayStation tech demo. Huh? Yeah. I fought a giant T-Rex. Low polygon. In 4x3. Oh, wow. And it was not an easy fight. But it was still fun. So I'll suggest that. And then I've also now started a little game called uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah. That's been fun so far. All right. So, yeah, that's what I've been watching and playing. So, Jacob, what do we got in the news? All right. So, uh, apparently, uh, we're having a... um, There's another troll problem arising. (laughs) Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's uh, letting them on the internet so badly? <laughs> All right. So Poppy and Branch will return for another Technicolored turn. Who? Poppy and Branch. I don't the, know these characters. The main characters from um, from Trolls. From tro- oh, Trolls. Yeah, Trolls. I was thinking you were saying, thinking you. I thought you were talking like Troll Hunter or something like that. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> either way, either way. Good guess, though. Very good guess. All right, so apparently Universal Pictures has, is announcing a third troll movie from DreamWorks Animation <sighs> will arrive on November <sighs> November 17th, 2023, because people like trolls. <laughs> Why do you people like this thing? Actually, in all fairness, I've only seen the first movie. I've heard the second one is a little better. Yeah. I've not seen it. Not looking forward to when we put the first one on the list. Right. All right. So it wasn't bad. It just wasn't good. I gotcha. Uh, it wasn't for me anyway. Right. So, yeah, no details on the film yet. So it should be coming out there again if there's no delays like we've had in the last year and a half. Right. Thank you, COVID. All right, so, yeah, moving on from there. Uh, this is a new one. Uh, Silvergate Media is writing to release Hadia and the Mountain King 
an epic 80-minute movie special featured all will be launching on Netflix global streaming platform from uh, starting in December 30th. Uh, apparently, it's based off the based off a graphic novel of the same name mm-hmm. uh, by Luke Pearson. Uh, yeah, so if you are interested, and apparently it's finding. Um, speaking of trolls, it's about trolls. I'm sensing a theme. Apparently, all right. So there's none in the movie, by the way. <laughs> all right. So in our last bit of news, uh, this is a movie that went to theaters. I'm not sure how it did theater wise, but it will be coming to Disney Plus. Uh, Ron's Gone Wrong from 20th Century Studios and Locks. Locksmith Animation, uh, which apparently was certified fresh from Rotten Tomatoes, uh, will start streaming on Disney Plus uh, starting this holiday, December 15th. Huh. Uh, so, yeah. I am interested in giving that one a shot. And also... I, I never got a chance to see it in theaters. And also, just a little bit, it's also being available to stream on, of all things, HBO Max. Actually, this does not surprise me. Really? Really? Okay. The reason being is that I know that the, uh, the, uh, I know it's a developer. That's the wrong term for this. This, this, the animation studio, this is their only thing they're going to do for Disney because they had a deal with 20th Century Fox to release these before the Disney buyout. Okay. And they, were allowed out uh, for whatever reason they the rest of the ones they're doing that was originally in that deal yeah are being moved somewhere else but this one because of where it was in production they had to go ahead and let it finish okay so I can see maybe it's being the initial distribution is still being done by Disney Plus yeah or but uh I can still I can see it maybe the home video going somewhere else okay I don't know if that's what's going on I'm guessing gotcha. All right, so that's all I have for news. All righty, then, then we need to jump into our spoiler-free thoughts on, uh, I nearly said Princess Mononoke. <laughs> My neighbors, the Amadas. <laughs> this is actually my second viewing. Okay. My first viewing was actually earlier this year because I was curious. Okay. Because the first time I heard about this movie was on what that DVD, the Disney DVD trailer thing before uh, that first Miyazaki film I watched. I don't remember what the, which one that is off the top of my head. It was showing off all these other uh, Miyazaki uh, Studio Ghibli films that you should watch and give it a shot because we paid money for these and we want people to buy them. Of course. And I remember I remember the other things on there we had they showed off Nausicaa. They show off um Princess Mononoke. Uh Kiki's Delivery Service, Spirited Away, you know, all the big mm-hmm. Ghibli names. And all of a sudden even Cat Returns really was on that, and all of a sudden you get this art style showing up on screen. Yeah, <laughs> and it is very different. 
<laughs> and it stood out. Just just a little bit. Just a touch. And so I remember thinking, <coughs> I remember thinking, that's one I need to go watch. Because I'm curious about this one. And, of course, after I made that proclamation, I never thought to go online to check and see if I could find it. It was never at any store I went and looked at. So mm. I didn't get a chance to see it until earlier this year. And I remember being a little taken aback by this film because it's different than yeah. I would say most animated films are. Yeah. In fact, the closest film I can think of, animated film I can think of to this, is, uh, you know those Looney Tunes movies where they take the different shorts and somehow animate a through line between them? But you can tell when the animation, like a yeah, Bugs yep. Bunny's Thousand and One Arabian Nights, yeah, or Daffy Duck's Quackbusters, yeah. That's what it, that's the closest films I can think to. Okay, that these are, but it's not that because the vignettes are a lot shorter, mm. and there's no through line, not really. Yeah, but that <coughs> that being said, it's still I still enjoy the film. Uh, I know not everyone. It's, this is not going to be a film for everybody. Well, this is going to be an interesting episode. I can <laughs> tell. It's not a film for everybody, but I did enjoy it. So, yeah, I I can say, and yeah, you can watch this with mm-hmm. the family, no problem. Yeah, not a problem. So, uh, and I and I do suggest it, but bear in mind it is about a normal Japanese family. A normal family, relatively okay. I'm saying there's no <laughs> witch girls, there's no talking cats, there's not a statue that's going to suddenly jump up and take you to a faraway world. Mm-hmm. You're not going to end up in a hotel with a bunch of spirits. Mm. Giant bugs do not attack in this movie. Thank the Lord. <laughs> you don't even get a thief. That is true. It's just it's your it's your normal you get bikers. Yeah, you get bikers. And that's an interesting way how that turns out. Yes, indeed. But uh, it's what it reminds me of is reading a collection of Calvin and Hobbes uh, comic strips. That's kind of what it feels like. Some of them are longer. Some of them are shorter. And when you go through them all at once, you can tell there's at least... There's no real story, but... You feel progression. Yeah. If that makes sense. And that's kind of what this one is for me. So. Okay. What is your feeling? Spoiler free feelings on this. <coughs> if we can really spoil this movie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, this is my first time viewing. And I got to say, it's a very unique film. It, it departs in so many ways from the other Studio Ghibli style. And it being an adaptation from a manga rather than your original story that you'd have with other Studio Ghibli titles. Uh, I found it unique. Uh, the idea that it, it uses a just a traditional family. It has just goes through their lives. And yeah, there's really nothing you really spoil about this. Not yeah, really. There's, there's not really. no uh, real... They, 
big you know, plot points. No, there's, there's not. Mostly because there's no plot. No, if it's, we're being honest. Yeah, it, it's more just like Jim. But Belushi. life doesn't have a plot. That is true. Generally, Jim, yeah. Jim Belushi put it best. Be like, it's like Saturday Night Live. It's a bunch of skits. Yeah, it's a bunch of skits about a family. That's about so, it. Sorry, Francisco of the Retro Rewind podcast. <laughs> you probably will not like this film. Okay. Because it is literally a bunch of skits. Pretty much. Um, it has less of a through line than Monty Python and well, the Holy Grail. I can't say it does have some through lines. There are certain things that are part yes. of more, like but umbrellas of, and seasons. But in terms of a story, yeah, Antique. there is no story. Yeah, there is literally no story. It's like a bunch of little stories, but there's Cobbled no together. overarching story. Yeah. The, the only thing it really connects is like the family dynamic and the seasons that go around it. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and is, random haiku lines. That is true. That is true. That was, those are weird. Those were yeah. very, very odd. So either way, be like, uh, it's enjoyable. It, it's not exactly my cup of tea. Pun intended. Uh, would I recommend it? Yes. If you want to watch something unique and different. Okay. It's a family friendly. Yes. Um, and it, it throws you for a loop every once in a while. It's like, what in the world's going on? But yeah, that, that's just, you know, the Yamada. It's, it's a very unique family and a very oh, yeah. unique animation style and a very unique movie. Indeed. So I guess uh, join us after the uh, bumpers mm-hmm. and we will get to spoiling this thing. Don't forget that you can download. Download? Don't forget that you can't. Don't forget that you can listen to us record the podcast live every Tuesday over on our Facebook page, The Cellcast, our uh, Twitch channel, The Cellcast Gaming, and on YouTube at Cellcast. Also, don't forget to join our Patreon if you would like to support us monetarily. At $1, you'll get our everlasting thanks. At at our $5 tier, you can get some artwork from Jacob. And at our $10 tier, you can get bloopers for every every episode we've released that I've remembered to release them for. And you can get commentaries from different movies. So come check us out over there if you would like to support us financially. Every other week, join the Retro Rewind Pod as they travel back 15 or more years along the entertainment space-time continuum in their mission to review movies and games, establishing what is still worth your time today. Expect fun banter and trivial insights from Francisco and Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers, and rotating guest hosts who are all out of time. Do you like Star Wars? I don't just mean the original trilogy. Along with that, I mean the prequels, the sequels, the anthologies, the animated shows, and of course, (laughs) who doesn't like Baby Yoda? Well, if you've been in the fandom for any length of time, you know how toxic the fandom can get. And if you'd like to be able to discuss a galaxy far, far away in a much more positive light, might I suggest searching out The Outer Rim, a Facebook group dedicated to all Star Wars, and check out their YouTube channel, which you can easily find at Pop Americana which the podcast you're currently listening to is also a part of. To find that and more, check out the link in the description. The following 
is a spoiler-filled review for the movie My Neighbors the Amatis. Listener discretion is advised. Yes, the coffee was required to get that low bass out. I gotcha. <laughs> My Neighbors the Amatis was written and directed by Asao Takahata, with the English language version being by, uh, written by Leo Chu and Eric Garcia, and it is based on the uh, news, the Japanese newspaper comic strip, My Neighbors the Amadas, written, uh, created by Hisashi Ishii, which was renamed Nonochan in 1997, two years before this movie came out. Right. Named after the most the uh, fan favorite character. Ah. And became more about her. Oh, okay. Uh, cast includes uh, Jim Belushi as Takashi Yamada. And in Little Shop of Horrors, he played Patrick Martin. Molly Shannon was the voice of Matsuko Yamada. And in Hotel, the Hotel Transylvania series, she plays Wanda, the uh, wife of the Wolfman. Yeah. Daryl Sabara played Noboru Yamada. And in Spy Kids, he played Juni Cortez. Hmm. That's the little brother in that series. Oh, okay. Liliana... Is that right? I thought I recognized him. Yeah. Liliana Mumi played Nonako Yamada. And in the Santa Claus 2 and 3, she played Lucy Miller. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's where organizer from. And last but not least... Or not last but not least, sorry. Tress McNeil was the voice of Shige Yamada... And she is, of course, Princess Angelina Contessa Louisa Francesca Banana Banana Bobesca III, also known as Dot Warner, mm-hmm. in Animaniacs. And last but not least, we've got David Ogden Steers as the narrator. And in Lilo and Stitch, he played Jumba. Ah. Kingdom Hearts Connections. We got A.J. Buckley, who was additional voices in both. David Ogden Steers, who I guess it was just the, was the narrator. And uh, in Kingdom Hearts, he's played Cogsworth, Dr. Jumba Chukiba, and Doc, mm. the uh, one of the seven dwarfs. Oh, okay. I gathered. Tress McNeil, who is Shige, also has played Daisy, Duchess of Duck, Queen of Hearts, Chip, Merryweather, and Kanga mm. in Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Jeff Bennett was additional voices here. And he has been Merlin, Large Beagle Boy, Small Beagle Boy, Geppetto, Mr. Smee, Bashful, Lumiere, Beryl, and the Mayor of Halloween Town. Hmm. Corey Burton, who has additional voices here, has been Captain Hook, the White Rabbit, the Doorknob, Flotsam, Jetsam, Dale, Diz, Ansem the Wise, Yin Sid, the, the Master Control Program, Santa Claus, Sark, Shan Yu, the Peddler, Magic Mirror, Claude Frollo, and Zeus in Kingdom Hearts. Wow. And there were about five other Kingdom Hearts connections, but when I realized this list was longer than the cast list, I decided to cut it short. So uh, what do we got in info and stuff? All right, so info and stuff. Uh, If you subscribe to HBO Max, it's available there. Uh, on IMDW, IMDB, it has a 7.3 out of 10. Production was obviously Studio Ghibli. Uh, oddly enough, uh, distribution was not by Toho. It was actually by a company called 
if I can pronounce this right, uh, Shakua. I might be pronouncing that wrong, Let but. Let see. Shochiku. Shochiku. Okay. Yeah, Shochiku. All right. <clears throat> In the U.S., it was uh, by, uh, I want to say it the wrong one, but it's uh, Walt Disney Home Entertainment. Because I was about to say the other one. Yeah. But I caught myself. Uh, and more recently, it was done by G-Kids. Uh, its release was in Japan was July 19th, 1999. It had a estimated budget of 2 billion yen, which would, tra- would translate into uh, $15.3 million in the U.S. Uh, its box office in Japan was $1.5 billion in yen. And a um, conversion of that to American, that would or a U.S. dollar, would be a hundred eleven point nine million dollars. Uh, home release: the movie was released on VHS and DVD in Japan on Bonavista Home Entertainment in Japan on November seventeenth, two thousand uh, two thousand. It's the first Studio Ghibli movie to be released on DVD. Uh, My Neighbors, the Yamadas, were released on DVD in America on August 16th, 2005, alongside uh, Pompoko uh, by uh, Walt Disney Studio Home Home Entertainment. A Blu-ray version of this film was released in Japan in 2010 and in the UK the following year. The U.S. never got a Blu-ray release by Disney, but G-Kids released the film on Blu-ray for the first time in the U.S., as well as reissue the DVD under the New Deal with Studio Ghibli on July 16th, 2018. That's all I have for my stuff. Alrighty. Getting into the summary. <coughs> <coughs> The film is a series of vignettes following the daily lives of the Yamada family. Takashi and Matsuko, the mother and father, mm-hmm. Shige, Matsuko's mother, Noboru, aged approximately 13, the son, Nonoko, aged approximately 7, the daughter, and Pochi, the family dog. <coughs> Pochi. <laughs> Pochi doesn't get to do much in this film. No, though, he doesn't. I was saddened by that. Each of the vignettes is preceded by a title, such as Father as role model, a family <laughs> torn apart, or patriarchal supremacy restored. These vignettes cover such issues as losing a child in a department store, the relationships between father and son or husband and wife, the wisdom of age, meeting one's first girlfriend, and many more. Each is presented with humor, presenting a very believable picture of family life, which crosses cultural boundaries. The relationships between Matsuko, Takashi, and Shige are particularly well observed with Shige giving advice and proverbs to all the family members and having a great strength of character. Takashi and Matsuko's relationship is often the focus of the episodes, their rivalries, such as arguing about who has control of the television, their frustrations, and their difficulties, but the overriding theme is their love for one another. Despite their flaws and their desire and their desire to be the best parents possible for their children. The trivia for this This is Studio Ghibli's first 100% digitally animated film Hmm. directed by Asao Takahata 
uh, he wanted the art style of watercolor pictures, which, according to him, needed digital technology to get the style right. Interesting. Yeah. That's what I thought. Because didn't Disney do a watercolor thing, like, early on? Or am I confusing something? Possibly. I'm not I mean, sure. I know uh, Lilo and Stitch has the watercolor look, but yeah. it's during the age of Caps, so it's the same thing here. Yeah. So, I, I maybe it's just that it stays more consistent. Yeah, that's probably, that's what, probably it what it is. Probably. And, of course, like I said, the film is the first adaptation of Hisashi Ishii's newspaper strip comic, My Neighbors the Imanas, which was renamed to Nonochan in 1997. So, Jacob, I'm curious. What's your first like? <clears throat> My first like is going to be the unique animation style. Ah. It's, it's more because there again, it breaks with the tradition of what your traditional Ghibli film is. It's not a, it's not the Miyazaki style. It's not like everything else. That, um, so it's got the unique flair and difference. Uh, I do have, uh, I do have issues with the animation, but I'll come back to that later. But overall, the style itself that you have a two dimensional character and it's, you, you don't get the traditional, uh, in with the, you take other films we've done like, uh, princess Mononoke, where you have 3d renders of characters. Yeah. Drawing a traditional style. Uh, this is more, if a character moves, it's literally just the, and you get more like a, like a, like Egyptian hieroglyphs, hieroglyphs, hieroglyphs. Thank you. My history nerd points are dropping. Uh, just throw that up to the fact that you sometimes get words wrong. That is true. That's all that was. Yeah. Either way. So, uh, yeah, I just, I, I enjoyed the animation for what it was. It was so unique and different that it threw me. I was like, wait, this is the animation. I was thinking, yeah. like, at first my thought was like, oh, okay, this is the demo reel. Yeah. This, this has got to be. Start. This Eventually is, we'll get past the opening sequence and we'll get to the real animation. What it reminded me of is the nope. very. What it reminded me of. <laughs> what it reminded me of was the, uh, the last episode, our last two episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion, the original series. And uh, not spoiling for some people because they haven't seen it. If you yeah. have, if, if you. If you have not seen Neon Genesis Evangelion, go watch it. Uh, we will eventually. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there when we get there. One day you will force me to watch that film. Exactly. That, those movies. Or yes. Th- that show, I should say. Yeah, that show. But it just has that unique style because some people say, oh, they were at a budget and that kind of stuff. I think that was intentional. That was just, that's my opinion because it's dealing with right. mental. So are dealing with uh, learning to not hate oneself. And it's, it's dealing with the whatever. So let's not get into spoilers. We're here, but uh, that's what it reminded me of. And I was like, okay, I t- kind of took it aback and how the, how they approach things and how they draw it. Are they animated? I thought it was unique. So yeah, mine is the unique art style. Well, mine also is the art style. Ah, because here's the thing. I can only think of, one other franchise in which the bulk of the animation done for it actually follows the line art. 
really the original comic strip used Hmm. and that is peanuts that makes sense everything else i've ever seen yeah has adapted the artwork somehow Hmm. to make it uh make it 3d make it or in the case of garfield try to make it bill murray uh it yeah i will not go there yeah but they've tried to make it more real i Mm. guess instead of letting it be what it's supposed to be. And so I appreciate that they actually keep with the actual uh, art style from the comic strip. Because I looked it up. I wanted to see how close it was. Yeah. It's fairly close. And I couldn't read any of what words were, but... I gotcha. The art looked uh, fairly similar. But here's the thing. You said it was, uh, it was all 2D. Yeah. There was at least... I know of at least two spots... Whereas it didn't really jump out at you, but I happened to notice it where I swear I saw not a 3d object, but the way they animated it yeah. made it look like it had three dimensions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think so. You could actually see the, the, what do you call that? The squish mm-hmm. of, of, of how the, of the, the parallax scrolling. Mm-hmm. We've talked about parallax scrolling yes. before. Yeah. This one you can actually see it in like a certain a couple spots with the with the uh, with, with with an object or two. I can't remember exactly when these places were, but I do remember seeing some three D made by two D. Okay, stuff. Yeah, there was not a three D object where they cheated, like uh, like they did with the demon stuff in Princess Mononoke. But they I had to do it for that, right? Where it would give that little ethereal feel to it. Right. But, uh, I appreciated that they, that this really did feel like you were watching the comic strip. Okay. And I appreciated that. Yeah. Completely agree. And some of the animation that they do in here is downright beautiful. It is. For what it is. It's in some, in some spots it is. It is very beautiful, but I'll get more into that part later. All right. So going in my second, like it's actually a character. The grandmother. The, the I had gra- a feeling you'd like Shige. The, Shige is just an hilarious. She's an older lady who doesn't give a crap anymore about anything. Yeah. And she is just more like, hey, I'm going to go do this. Hey, I'm going to go f- semi flirt with this guy. He's, you know, my age or whatever. But uh, it's just her her characteristics are so be like if if you know, like older people that are, you know, elderly people, let's say that who are at the, the, the dawn of their, the dawn of their life. And it's just like, they, they have so much life and spunk about them. At yeah. least, at least some of them have, have had the opportunity <coughs> of meeting before. And, uh, she gay, if I'm saying that right, she gay, uh, it's just that character be like, she be like, when she says something, she's going to speak her mind about it. And, uh, I just really enjoyed that character. I really enjoy it. And she probably just steals the, steals the, steals the movie. I just really wish the, the dog could have got more instead of he's sitting in his dog house. And he, he sleeps most of the film. Yeah, exactly. He's the only he's, part that where he didn't was in his introduction where he's walking with her. Yeah, that's it. And at first you're looking at, is that a dog? Uh-huh. Is that a cat? cat. This is a really weird drawing of uh-huh. an animal. Oh, it's a dog. Okay. Yeah, that was the weird one. That was the weird one. When you when you're introduced to the dog, like he well, said, it looks like a cat at first. Then it's a dog. Yeah. And it's like, 
okay, are we are we doing a cat dog thing here? It was weird for a second. Agreed. But yeah, my my favorite character would be she uh I'm gonna say name she go she gay. She gay. She gay. The gray mother. She go, that's Not, uh that's Kim Possible's rival. Yes. Yeah, she gay is probably my favorite character from this movie. What's your number two? I like how this feels like we're actually looking at a real family. Right, agreed. <laughs> With their relationships. Um the, the father always feels like he's doing all this work for the family and he's coming home tired. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, you can tell he's sacrificed mm-hmm. a lot of his dreams for his family because he has a couple of dream moments yeah. throughout this, which I'll talk about later. Right. But you could, I love how he feels He's, he's like a normal man, but he feels like he's inadequate to actually do anything. Yeah. But yet he's the breadwinner. And my one of my favorite parts of that is, that shows the, that family dynamic, is when he's outside, and he starts realizing it's snowing. Oh, yeah, that's a great scene. That's great. And he runs in happy that, hey, it's snowing. We can have this great big family moment that's going to be so great because I, the father, thought about it. He opens the door and they're watching TV. Oh, yeah. He says, Hey guys, it's snowing. Let's take a picture. Shh. We're watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. Close the door. It's cold outside. <laughs> and he closes the door and he sits and thinks about it. Finally, he gets up, walks in, closes the door, says, Hey, where do we keep the camera? He says, it's in the top shelf. So of course he pulls out the second shelf. Uh huh. Exactly. He says, I can't find it anywhere. He says, and I'm trying to watch the movie. She opens the top oh. shelf, picks up, hands it to him. <laughs> he sets the timer <laughs> on the camera, walks over, sets it on top of the TV, <laughs> hits the shutter, walks out of the room, <laughs> lines himself up exactly, exactly where between where the family members are, but he's outside in the snow and they're glued to the tube. Yeah. And the picture goes off and I was laughing my butt off that entire time. It's like, you know, yeah, this has never happened. And I don't just mean because we barely get snow here. That's true. But I can see this happening. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we, dad has, wants to share this special moment and me and mom are too busy watching television. True. We, and, and it doesn't occur to us. Sorry, we need to hit pause. We need to hit pause. And then he, dad's already mad and walked off. <laughs> We're trying to hit pause. Anyway. Uh, that family dynamic, yeah. I thought, was like spot on. The the dad trying to uh, connect with his son by mm-hmm. playing baseball. But the son doesn't really care about baseball. Yeah. From what I can tell. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the mother thinking... Uh, being, she, she she's having to do she. Uh, I can't even explain it very well. The whole family dynamic is just like I've seen this family. Yeah. Somewhere, not exactly, of course. Oh yeah. But I've seen this family. It's like, oh yeah, this is based on this has to be based on real stuff. Mm. This is not just stuff that came to this guy's mind. But uh, yeah, and then of course there's the motorcycle. Gang, oh yeah, the motorcycle gang. Yeah. Which I'm going to talk more about in my third like. Yeah. But what's your third? 
my third like would actually be on the, the exact same line is it's a real family. It's not where <clears throat> you have this traditional, uh, the, where you have a family that's more unique and outgoing and like what more like the idea of the fantasy family mm-hmm. that everything's perfect. Everything's peachy. Like you would have something from the 1950s. Well, yeah. this family is very much grounded in reality. They're, they're dealing with their issues. You have a father who's overworked because this is Japanese culture. And it's very much implied that if, if, if I'm, if I'm well, he's a salary man, he's a salary man. Yeah. He goes to work mm-hmm. and he comes home mm-hmm. and on Fridays he has to serve sake to his boss. Apparently. Cause he got, you could, that what there was that one when he came home drunk. Yeah. That's what, oh yeah. And he'd probably been, and you notice no one said anything. No. It's like, I'm thank you for, cause they knew he had to go serve his boss. That's one part I didn't get. I was like, what in the world happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, he the, got uh, drunk. And it's like, where did he get drunk from? Yeah. So, uh, that, that skit there where he's, uh, comes home and all they've got is a banana and cracker. Yeah. That the only reason I know about this is, is cause I pay too much attention to, I've watched too much Japanese stuff. Yeah. You get right down to it, but it's, and that's the only thing I'm guessing is that he had to have been at his boss's, the, the, at the, 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 the weekly, uh, bar thing that the group does because the boss wants to go get drunk. Mm-hmm. Because this is apparently a common thing. Yeah. And you can't leave until the boss lets you leave. Oh, wow. <laughs> and if the boss says drink, you have to drink. Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> and I, if I'm willing to bet, I bet uh, Takashi, I bet he's the senior member on staff, which means he has to be the one who serves his boss, Saki. Oh, wow. I'm betting. I do not know this, but the way this thing runs, that would be his luck. It makes sense. It makes sense. Oh, yeah. the 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 overall consensus of this family is that it's a family with problems. Oh, yeah. It's a very unique family. They are life happens. Life happens. Life happens. You're dealing with a child who gets lost in the mall. You're dealing with a uh, an al- <coughs> you know your adolescent son who's growing into puberty. Yeah, and he's curious about boys. And the this who's tired the, of studying. He's tired of studying. But has to keep studying. Yes, keep studying. Keep studying. Keep studying. Study harder. Study harder. Study harder. harder. Study harder. harder. Study harder. <laughs> All right, mom. <laughs> but o- overall, overall, the 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 sense of how grounded this family is with its with its problems, with its nuances, with the uh, the dynamics of how the characters are literally butting heads every. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever been around a like a. A fam- if you've been in a family, if you've been in a family in general, that it's be like it's different when you have like multiple siblings and you have you s- a, a single child. When you ha- when you have very independent people, which the entire family has, very true. You're all you different are all people. butting heads. Yeah, exactly. I don't care how many people there are. That is true. That is so true. Uh, so yeah, be like me and Drew come from different family dynamics be like i have two younger brothers i'm an only child he's an only child but i can tell you i was a very willful child (laughs) and i had opinions oh yeah we all had them except when your brother decided that this was your your opinion when you didn't have a chance to talk that's what happened to me when i was a lot when i was younger uh so either way uh so yeah the 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 family dynamics the the grounded in reality truths of being a family 
and not being this high fantasy um let's 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 break everything in order to make a unique story and just ground reality and make this just a, a solid down to earth family and their dynamics. I found that interesting. Yeah. That was your third like? That was my third like. My third like is all these segments that obviously is appearing in somebody's imagination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also like to call them the surreal segments. Okay. Such as the opening. Yeah. Where uh, that one person is giving that speech at Matsuko and Takashi's wedding. Yeah. But what we're seeing, it starts (laughs) off with them. uh, What do you call that? uh, Bobsled? They're yeah. riding a bobsled Sled. down a wedding cake. Yeah. Turns into a, uh, a, a, a sailing a sail bo- ship. Yeah. No. It turns into something else because they find, they eventually find Nobro in a, a cabbage patch. Yeah. And then that turns into a, a ship and takes them over to where they were when, obviously when Nanako was born. Yeah. She's, shoot. Yeah. She's the perfect little, she's the little princess. Yes. So they went with the Japanese princess folklore thing mm-hmm. a, a, found in a bamboo shoot. I did not realize that. Well, yeah. I thought it was unique. There again, be like, I, I'm not as fluent as in. I only in, know vague things. Yeah. I'm. You know a lot more than I do. Only because I've, I've watched so much Japanese stuff. <laughs> and I get curious. It's like, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Yeah. Anyway. Now, you know. Or now I know. But you got that there and you got a... But interestingly enough, when Takashi is giving the speech at the end, Mm -hmm. there is no weird, uh, surreal sequence. It's just him giving the speech, which that doesn't take a lot of animation, but it shows the difference. Mm -hmm. Because I assume the opening, what we're actually seeing is what non... Uh, Nonako is picturing. Yeah, exactly. Of this, of her hearing the story. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was the grandmother who was the grandmother it, was. It wasn't it wasn't Shige that was that was giving the speech. It was some someone else. Okay, I thought it was Shige. Well, it looked like Shige. Yeah, and maybe it was a younger Shige, but I don't think it was because it's, the voice sounded a little different. Okay, I'm not sure. Alrighty. But the other part that I loved, Moonlight Rider. Oh gosh, this scene. <laughs> okay, so this here's the thing. When this popped up, I'd like I said I've only seen this one, uh, this movie once before. Yeah. But when it popped up, I was actually about to shut it off so I could go to bed because I was tired. You know how bad sat- long Saturday was. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to get up early and finish the movie on Sunday. But this moment started. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I know what this is. I can't turn it off. Mm -hmm. I have to wait. It starts when you hear these bikers tearing through the neighborhood. (laughs) It's like, okay, this is about to happen. Shige is about to go off and tell them what for with a baseball bat. (laughs) As Takashi's coming. Of course. And uh, Matsuko says... Don't let her go out there. She'll kill herself. Uh, Takazi, you go talk to him. And I'm, and I'm sitting there going, what difference does he make? 
That is true. Call the police. Don't call the police. You know, those innocent boys will get police records. How do you know they're innocent? You never know. Anyway. So he goes out there and he just stands at like a distance because he can't bring himself to go talk to him because he's scared as heck. And finally they start berating him and doing this whole thing where it's like, it's like I can see myself. I can see myself in this situation. Yeah. And then, because obviously he's not getting the job done, mm-hmm. Mama and Grandma come out mm-hmm. and start doing this weird little dance thing, which I don't understand. And then uh, Shige starts talking to this guy <laughs> and saying, you know, trying to say you should do all this stuff and you should, you should, you should be a good guy because as a big guy like you, you got to be able to tell, you know. She's going through this whole thing, and eventually the guy just leaves because. He's tired and doesn't care anymore. He's too big. I think it's because he doesn't need to deal with that crap. I don't think she got through to him. I think she just annoyed him. That was my thought. But then they go in and Takashi is still just sitting, standing out there. And you can just feel the uh, helplessness mm-hmm. that he had to have been feeling that entire time. But at the same time, you start hearing in the background this really crackly 70s era sounding heroic song. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. That sounds suspiciously a little like uh, the theme song to Common Rider. <laughs> not quite, because it's not. It's obviously been written for this movie. But it has oh, that wow. sound to it. Uh-huh. He rides and, a motorcycle and the, out. And the scene shifts <coughs> to these two uh, mobsters somehow stealing Shige and Matsuko, holding them with one hand as they are riding their motorcycles through the streets while uh, Nonako and Noboro are chasing after him, screaming. It's like, no, give us our parents, give us our mommy back, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Tetsuko's running behind him, and all of a sudden, they, they pass a uh, a magazine stand, I think. Mm-hmm. Tetsuko stops. He runs into the magazine stands and pops out wearing this white suit with a turban on with a giant yellow uh, crescent moon. And the music ramps up here. It's still sounding like it's playing over an old record from a from from the seventies, mind you. But it's still it's doing all this, and the animation gets wild, strangely liquid here. It gets very very like it's like they went from animating on twos to animating on ones for this scene. Yeah, and he does all this cool stuff with the taking out the bad guys as he chases after him on a scooter. Yeah. And all this other cool stuff. And I'm, I find it hilarious because I know what he's doing, but it's also, they're also very sad because yeah. that's what he wants to be. And that's what he knows. He's not. Yeah. Cause he knows he's not a hero. Yeah. He's just Takashi. Yeah. And that's why it's one of my favorite moments in the film. Cause it's, it's both understandable. Cause I think we all have that feeling of wanting to be the hero. Oh yeah. But feeling absolutely 
helpless when yeah. the situation actually mm-hmm. rises to do it. Exactly. Which there's got to be a religious thing in there somewhere. Mm. Something how uh, we can't be the heroes of our lives because the only person who can truly save sin us? is Jesus. Yeah, exactly. But he's not going to go tell the, the... He's just not going to annoy the guy until he runs away. <laughs> I but think anyway. it's the Holy Spirit's job. <laughs> yeah, that's what that is. All right. Uh, so anyway, uh, what's your first dislike? My first dislike, like I said in the beginning, like the animation is unique, but the uniqueness kind of drops off really quickly when all like all your backgrounds are literally just a line. But like you're you're supposed to. I, I guess it's more you have to fill in the imagination of what's going on because obviously I can do that, Drew can do that, and most people can do that. But when you just be like everything is just, I understand that's the artistic, the artist's style. I'm just not a huge fan of it, right? <laughs> and it's more okay. I get the uh, the the young the 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 daughter gets lost in the mall scene where it's the cars. The cars are designed a certain way. I get that, but then you get to like I think it's in some scenes where it's be like you can't even tell where you are because there's no background, right? I mean, like you can tell it's a street. You can tell there's a there's supposed to be a fence here, but there's just a little line, and it's just like it drove me nuts. Be like, give me more detail in the background. <laughs> well, I'm gonna jump in on this because this is kind of also my first dislike. Okay, it's loyalty to the line art. Yeah, it makes it feel in many spots unfinished. Yeah, agreed. Completely agreed. You should should never feel unfinished. Yeah, ever. I know that means you might have to add more detail than the comic ever did, but yeah. it should never feel unfinished. Mm. Ever. Because there's parts where it looks like you're still seeing just uh, sketches. Mm-hmm. Agree. It's like, no, don't do that. This isn't an 80s music video. <laughs> Which that was intentional too, but still. Right. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. Uh-huh. I was like putting his quotes in my eyes. But either way, uh, yeah, this is the the simple line art just really bugged me. It really bugged me. There again, understanding the artist the artist's style, but wanting to hold as true as they could to it really hindered the the animation itself. Granted, you have some scenes like the uh the <coughs> The heroic dream which the the father has, they really ramped that up with the animation. But everything else be like there's like it's very minimalistic and it just drove me nuts the entire film. Because there again, it's a huge departure from everything Studio Ghibli. And you know, plot bravo for them for you know doing something different and taking a chance and doing something, but it just didn't work for me. It just it was so Aggravating? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. All right. So what is your first dislike? I just said it. It was the fact that some of the, uh, it's loyalty that the line work leaves, at least looking unfinished. Agreed. And it's like, yeah, you said it's the, the part there at the mall. Uh-huh. The only, the, when that car first pulls out, that's got Nonako in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I wasn't even looking at it. I just thought, okay, that's just, you know, Something in the background. All of a sudden, yeah. I go, oh, wait, that's... Oh, and all of a sudden, they remember, oh, yeah, we got to draw Nonako in here. It's like, oh, okay. 
Why did you do it that way? Why? I mean, it's, I want it to, if you're going to try to keep this style of artwork, it needs to feel a little bit more smoother. Yeah. It needs to feel like, I, I, admittedly, you don't want to go overboard. No, of course not. But at least put color in the background. I think they have color comics in the in, in uh, Japan. Well, there, there for is this, for there the is color, but it's very minimalistic. Right, but I mean, put a little more color back there, mm-hmm. so it feels like a uh, like an actual area. Yeah, agreed. Most of the time, you're looking at what looks like you looks like you're looking at white paper. Yeah, or just it's a very obvious throughout the water whole background. It's obvious throughout the whole thing. You're looking at just a a white background. Maybe there's some other stuff in there from time mm-hmm. to time, but it felt like I was watching a motion comic. Agreed. Completely agreed. Which is below Studio Ghibli, I should say. Yeah, agreed. In their capabilities. Mm. And don't get me wrong, they did a good job with it, but... Yeah. It feels unfinished half the time, mm-hmm. so... Agreed. What's your second dislike? There's no through-line story. It, it's literally like... Like we said before, it's literally a bunch of uh, vignettes uh-huh. of just the family's life. And it's there's like Drew said before, it's you have skits that are long. And you have short ones that just drove me nuts. It was literally it's like, oh, they're going out the door. Next scene. Yeah. What in the world is going on here? I understand. It's more it's the, li- day, the day and day life of people. I'm guessing. But, I'm guessing. Mm hmm. That that was literally a four persons a four panel strip. I'd presume so. Whereas the other ones were a series of strips. Like there was a four panel strip, and then the next day there was another part of that story, mm-hmm. and the next day there was another part of the story. But the ones that were like blink and you'll miss them. Mm-hmm. That was literally that was just a one day strip. I agree. Like the one where, uh, uh, oh, I don't remember what she said. The one where the grandma said something, and then the mama just fell flat on her face. Yeah. In a, as a gag. Mm-hmm. Because she said something that sounded incredibly stupid, but mm. also made a lot of sense. Yeah. That's definitely got to be one of those one a day. Yeah, I would strips. agree. I would anyway, agree. Sorry, I would agree. Continue. Yeah, it's just the, there's no consistency through, there's, there, there's no through story with this. It's, it's literally just a bunch of vignettes, like you do in the Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live uh, show. Yeah. And... I get the direction they're going. It's just give me a consistent story. I understand this is more the day in and day out of a family, but you, give me yeah. give me a, a thread of something that's go you know this this concurrent. If if you're doing just little vignettes, have something in the background or the foreground that's giving me connection to each and every part. Instead of oh she went to the store this day. Oh the father came home drunk today. Or something like that. Anderson, it's there again. They're wanting to do this uh, marionette of the the real life of a family. Yeah. But there's no through line except for oh, there's an umbrella. Oh, someone wants tea. That's the through. That's that's a continuation from something else, or an umbrella, or something. But there's no real like continuous plot thread through this thing. And I just that I found that very. Uh, I found them just very disconnected. Yeah. Like all of these little things are so disconnected there's some connection here and there, but there's no full, there's no, uh, the thread line kind of breaks here and there. 
and it's so disjointed. Yeah. That's my number two. That's also my number two. Okay. Because here's the thing. It would not have taken, it would have taken a little bit of work, admittedly. Right. To actually make a story <coughs> that went through maybe not every scenario that mm-hmm. showed up in here. Right. But a lot of them. And they could have done it to where this was like, say, a year in the life of the Amadas. Mm-hmm. And there was a continuing thing that would pop up from now and then, like mm-hmm. a, a callback to an earlier scene where it felt like there was progression. In reality, this felt like the comic strip's uh, greatest hits. Yeah, agree. In a lot of ways. It did nothing to connect it all the way through, which is unfortunate. Because, I'm, well, I'm sure this might have done very well in Japan. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that's what's hurting it here. Because yeah. most people, they don't get any of the cultural references. I'm not getting all of them. And while there are, you do get to know this family as, as the movie goes on, it doesn't feel like, it, it doesn't feel like uh, there's any continuity between scenes sometimes. Right. And that's the annoying agree. part. So yeah, that's my number to dislike. What's your third? Uh, now, we did mention this character early on. And I was so sad and we didn't get much more of this because I'm a dog lover. I love dogs. And plus I talk <laughs> like a dog because I have my Tourette's disorder. Uh, is the dog. Always see this dog. We see the dog in the first beginning of the movie and periodically be like, Snoopy does more stuff than this movie. With this dog, I mean, like the the fact that you have a dog, and understand you want to be grounded in reality, but the dog's gonna do something. Like the dog jumps on somebody, or he's active, or something like that. I've never seen a bunch of lazy pooch. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, it'd be like the the way they animate the dog is very interesting because there again, the animation is always very unique in this movie. But at least utilize the dog. I don't know what the. There again, I have no real con- no real connection with the 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 comic strip manga, so I don't know if the dog does anything in the comic. But I really wish they would have at least done something more with the dog instead of oh he's walking in the background, oh he's sitting in his doghouse, or something along those lines. He does more than just lounge around and does nothing. Just you know, give me more of the dog. You remember what the dog's name is? Pokachi. Pokachi. Give me more Pokachi. He does something in the film. And but sadly, he doesn't. Pokachi just sits in his doghouse and does nothing. Like he's been sitting in the doghouse well, before being a bad dog for doing nothing. You be like your your budget has been cut, Yokichi. And so now you sit in the doghouse all day. All movie. Pat. Uh, Maybe Studio Ghibli just knows what better to do what with cats than dogs. Apparently, come on, Studio Ghibli, give give, give the dog some love. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> maybe maybe just maybe just for giggles, just do an entire movie about Pokachi. <laughs> so two hours of him asleep in the doghouse. No, he actually has an adventure. <laughs> I get the feeling he's not very energetic. Uh, uh, it sounds like it, but come on, give the dog a break. Okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I know Studio Ghibli is huge about cats, but apparently it's like, oh, there's a dog in this film? 
Oh no, the dog can't do anything because we're all about cats. That's not why. <laughs> I know. But... I'm just being facetious when I say that. Anyway. All right. <laughs> I know. I got on a dog rant. What is your number three? My third dislike is that some of these vignettes don't translate very well into English. No, they don't. They do not. Now, granted, I'm not good at poetry. I certainly don't understand haiku very well. Ah. So all the haikus that show up in here, I don't understand. I know they connect to the scenes that happened right before them. Mm -hmm. And some of them I could tell the connection, but sometimes it's just... Okay, mm-hmm. I'm glad Basho said that. <laughs> Whoever Basho is. Apparently a haiku writer. Mm. But but there's some other things like uh, um, the New Year's Eve thing where they were passing the money out mm-hmm. at a high speed. I mean, I can get kind of the idea of like, you know, we've we got to get it out quickly because it's uh, got to make a new record for how fast we get, get it sorted. Yeah. Kind of like uh, in Christmas Story when he's trying to change out the flat tire. Yeah. Before the fudge happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, it took me. I, do you know why he was he was sorting that stuff out? I have no idea. He was actually sorting out money that went to each of the family members as part of the New Year celebration. Yeah, I totally didn't get that. Yeah, and the only reason I know that much is because I thought I it was a card it game. No. It's part of the tradition that, I, I, at least that's my understanding of it. it was, or maybe it was like charms or something. I'm not entirely sure, but I think it was actually different bits of, you know, the family was blessed with this much, so here's how we separated between the members. Yeah. And he was doing that. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know what you're doing because I'm American, and this is not in my... Um, Wheelhouse of understanding. I don't understand the folklore here. No. This is not in my background. I don't know how you would have explained that in the time given. Right. Because there was no time given. And maybe I hate the idea of editing a film after it's been made in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. But maybe that would have been one you cut for commercials if you showed it on TV. Katzenberg! I'm guessing. I don't know. Making guesses. Yeah. But there's a couple other things like that where you're looking at it. Well, like you didn't get why he was drunk when he came home that yeah, night. Yeah, exactly. And why the family wasn't mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, this guy went to the bar and no one's reacting like this. Okay, he's a, treating him like he's it's so sad that it's he went out and got drunk. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's like, I, he, like he spent a late night at the office. Yeah. In a way, well, he did spend the well, at the office. first, at first, he comes in. I'm thinking, like, oh, he's just tired. He's had a long day. And it's like, wait, he's acting drunk. Yeah. It's like, okay, he went to the bar. It's like, oh, intriguing stuff. He's going to the bar at night. Ooh. And nothing said about it. It's like, what in the world's going on? Because it doesn't translate well to English. It doesn't. To, to over to, here. To an American where to us, you spend all night at the bar instead of being home with your family. That could be cheating. Exactly. But over there, that's you keeping the boss happy. Apparently. And that's considered normal. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's apparently considered normal to work your butt off, work yourself to death at work. Mm-hmm. Sounds over like there it. in Japan. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's neither here nor there. Right. 
But uh, a lot of that just does not translate well over here, unfortunately. Indeed. And you kind of just have to take it for what it is. And of all of Disney's dubs for these things, where yeah. they've at least tried to do their best and add some lines to help native English speakers understand what's going on. Yeah. They, this is like, does it the worst? Cause you have, that you don't have time to do that. You just have to indeed do it. You just have to, here's the scene. It's a minute. And then we're going to go to the next scene, which mm. is going to be 30 seconds. And the next scene might be four minutes, but then we're going to have another minute long scene. Mm-hmm. And each, can you imagine what this script must have looked like to the people who got it to read it mm. for the, to do the English dub on it? Yeah. It's a like, nightmare. There's no story to this. How am I supposed to know who these characters are? It's like, they're just normal people. Yeah. That's all they are. Well, each act, each one of the actors said, be like, it was so much fun that when they were given the, 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 the VHS or DVD to watch it, like the kids, an example who, the voice actor who played the voice, they didn't want to return it because they thought it was so much fun. Yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it just doesn't translate very, very well over here, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah, that's why I don't, that's one, why it's one of my dislikes. Okay. Which brings us to the end of this review, so we need to rate it. Yeah. What are you giving it? I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Uh, it's There again, it's got a unique style. It has... Uh, it has a really cool grandmother. It's just like, okay. And there again, it's grounded. It's grounded in a real life yeah. family and dealing with family problems, dealing with issues. And, uh, just like, it's fun in a lot of ways, but there again, the animation is just like, what in the world is going on? And there again, not understanding fully the Japanese culture mm-hmm. and not knowing all this stuff. I know some people are like, well, you need to know all about everything. I don't. So no one can know everything. Yeah, Exactly. I, I'm not all wise and all powerful and knowing everything. The only person is that is God. So Amen. So in that regard, so I'm giving you a seven. It's 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 worth a watch. It's it's not one of these to me, it's not one of these films I'm gonna pop in every couple of months and watch because oh my gosh, it's such a riveting film. But it's unique, it's fun, and uh yes, yeah, it's, it's family friendly, like I said before. And uh yeah, if if you find that intriguing, go watch it. Be like you. You might find it's okay. That was a unique film, and so I know some people might. Oh my gosh, this is the bomb! I love this film, but for me, it was kind of like a meh. So I'm giving it a seven. It's so good. It's just not there again. It's not my cup of tea. What's yours? I'm giving it a seven point five. Okay. Mostly, some of it is the reason it's a little bit higher than yours. Yeah. Is how is how much I appreciate the gimmicks. Yeah. For this one, um. Yeah, I do wish there was more to the story, mm-hmm. but uh, it's still a neat, interesting thing. I don't, I wouldn't mind watching it again, maybe a year or two. Okay, but uh, yeah, it's it's got its issues, but for what it is, it's a good film. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna give it a seven point five. All right, seven point five. All right. I can say it without losing oxygen. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Anyway, that brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, what are we reviewing next week? Right, do you so, know? Yes, I do. So, did you look see that I just changed it a couple minutes ago? No, I didn't. Because you changed I, it, I changed it because I uh, don't have Arthur Christmas yet. Oh, sorry. Okay. 
All right. So next so week, we're doing movie? Charlie Brown Christmas. Ah, okay. That's a little easier for me to get a hold of. I got you. So uh, join us next week for that. Our trivia question for that is going to be, what piece of scripture does Linus read near the end of the film? Wow. Okay. Very cool. And I will post that question in the Facebook group or Facebook page not long after we get we hang up here. So keep an eye out for that if you know mm-hmm. the answer and join us for that. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. Come, Jacob. We must prepare for next week. Prepare for what, Drew? Same thing we do every week, Jacob. Record a podcast! Oh, boy! So where can they find you, Jacob? You can find me on Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. Also on Facebook at Jacob Daily Art Corner, where I try to draw each and every day. I don't get to it as often as I like, but uh, join me there. Also, you can find me on Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. On Twitter at Jacob Heron and Letterbox at Jacob Heron. So where can they find you, Drew? You can also follow me on Letterbox at GGeorge759. Facebook as Drew Dodgen. Uh, my Facebook page where you can see pictures I've taken at Drew's Photo Bin. You can also follow me on Twitter at GGeorge759. You can email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cast underscore cell. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash thecellcastgaming. You can also follow us on YouTube at Cellcast. Listen to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and your favorite podcast directory. You can also listen to us on the Movie of the Week podcast with Jim Heron, where we talk about live-action movies. And remember, Cell is a single single L. L. Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will, will be. be. Exactly. <laughs>